like that old guy like staring at the Facebook Live trying to figure out if it's live or not. She's like my phone to check and see if it's live or not. We'll make sure. Y'all can like stay. Yeah, Meg's watching like, oh, this is my man. I can hear everything I'm saying. Angels around me are flowing. I do not go with emotions. I don't believe in emotions. I mean, you can just have his new favorite song. Yeah. He's the fuck you're saying this right now. Oceans are grace flowing on me. I know the Lord working on me. Let me say this. You cannot stop me. You cannot stop me. You cannot. They got the dub and I ran with it. I got the dub and I plan with it. Who wasn't watching? We was giving everybody a minute to get on. I'm hyped. We got worship this morning. Y'all see Tommy and Ethan. They're gonna lead it. That's Ethan singing in the recording also. Right now. It's not I'm a rapper now. Stuff like that. But we can give everybody a minute to hop on the line. We'll get started in a second. So if you want to share it, share it. I know people share it. Share it with people. Know we are here. This one's for, for G, plus ultra. You'll get the reference. Ooh, I wore my, uh, I got a Hit My Hero Academia shirt with Deku on it. I wore that yesterday, Garrett. This one's for you, G. <laughs> it's out there forever. I'm not saying last names. Yeah. Oh, Lord. All right, real quick, guys. We, we're a little slap happy. Stuff like that. Be a little slap happy. But uh, we appreciate everybody getting on the Facebook Live Sunday. Um, we're hyped that we got worship on today because I suck at singing and stuff like that. Y'all just, y'all get me into doxology. That's all I'm going to give y'all. Like, these guys will like, work it out. So Tommy and Ethan are here with us. We are more than six feet apart. We're not guys, but we're safe. Good. Um, we're excited to have Sunday worship. We're continuing our series in the book of Ephesians uh, and set it straight. This is uh, part two 
of the uh, Invisible War series at the end of it, talking about the full armor of God. Today we're going to be talking about the breastplate of righteousness. Um, but before we do that, just a couple of announcements. Um, we are continuing our efforts to work with collaboratively with the step-by-step -step program and Hope for Appalachia and Randolph Street Baptist and Resurrection and all those who support us to continue to feed our kids in the neighborhood and in the community. Um, kind of expansively through step-by-step, -step, we've been able to actually do feedings in Lincoln and Logan County, but more specifically here in Kanawha County, Risen City is connected with making sure that our undefeated youth kids our um, after-school kids and the school, the, I'm sorry, the students who just locally continue to have snack packs throughout the week. And we're going to continue to do this throughout the whole um, length of the um, pandemic that we're in. And in doing so, we partnered with um, one of my favorite um, apparel companies, Diop. Um, I'm really excited about this. They reached out to us on Instagram and said, hey, listen, I see you guys are feeding kids. You're working with kids. Um, we want to be a part of what you guys are doing. And what they are doing is um, they are going to donate. 30% of um, purchased masks, if you use one of our codes, Risen City, on their website, to go directly to us so we can continue to do feeding during the uh, pandemic time. So um, I'm going to share that on our, Facebook on our Facebook page a little bit later on today on social media, but we're excited to work with groups like that. And if you just want to give directly to um, Risen City, um, make sure to go to our um, parent church's page, Resurrection Church, and go to the donate section. And then you can actually go into the drop down and select Risen City to continue to support us um, through your tithes and gifts. All of that stuff um, goes directly to the church and also um, helping us and our families and kids during the pandemic. Um, lastly, we will do our um, Lord's Supper today. Just want to give you guys a heads up about that. So if you have your... Um, if you have your elements, um, we'll do that at the end of the service. But that's all we have as way of announcements. I'm going to go ahead and hand it over to Tommy and Ethan as they lead us into worship. All right, we're actually going to be doing, um, if you've got the email performer, it has a, it laid out like we normally do worship. We're actually going to be doing all of our songs before um, the service today. So uh, just as we're going to do our worship time, and we'll have the time of the sermon, and then afterwards we'll have the um, Lord's Supper. Um, but before we get started, we're going to go ahead and pray. So if everybody would just join me in, in um, praying to God today and just worshiping Him. Uh, Holy Father, we want to praise you for who you are and for your uh, might and your power in this difficult time. Father, we want to thank you, Father, for people who are looking out for us. Father, for uh, doctors and scientists who are doing their best to um, try to make sure that we can all be protected from this now and in the future. Father, give us the wisdom and Give us the ability to um, um, follow um, guidelines that we need to follow and just to um, um, trust that um, the government is looking out for us during this time and um, just be with everybody who's been affected by this, everybody who's been become sick. Father, please heal them, Father, and we know that you can do that, Father, and just be with the churches that have been affected, Father, and the people who have been affected by not being able to work. Holy God, just please take care of them. And just um, let your spirit move here, Father. More than anything, use this time to build a kingdom all over the earth, Father. But especially here in Charleston on the west side, Father, where we're working, Father, build your kingdom here during this time. And just give us the ability to do that. Be with our worship today. Be glorified in it. Be with farmers. He brings the message. Give them the words to speak in spirit. Just move hearts today. In your name I pray. Amen. Our first song is um, the, uh, the uh, Mr. Ethan requested uh, part of worship. When the music fades 
called Sanctuary. We'll sing it twice. And um, this song's a really, a really cool little song about um, remembering that our lives are, you know, for Christ and what we do matters. And um, in a sense, you know, the kingdom lives in us every day. And that's how we show the kingdom to the world and how we spread the gospel. So it's about kind of like treating our lives as a place for God to live and a place for the Spirit to dwell and a place for Him to be. Um, so uh, that's my urge for everybody is to reflect on that today um, after the service and um, in your personal time of reflection as you seek to uh, grow your personal relationship with Christ is to reflect on the fact that how amazing is it that the Spirit dwells in us and with us and as, uses us as a um, place to be here in this mortal plane it's just it's it's really it's, it's it's a really empowering thing to think about and it's a um it's just it's kind of when i started to understand the spirit better is when my faith really changed in christ and it really was solidified and really kind of took off is when i understood who the spirit was and how the spirit works so that's just kind of my urge for everybody to kind of think about think about that this week um but we're going to go ahead and sing this last song, and we'll turn it over to Farmer for the message. Father, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to come before you again today, God, um, and just be presented with your word, Lord. Um, God, just be with Brother Farmer as he brings the message this morning, Lord, give him the words to speak, and just, Lord, be with us this morning as we hear and learn more about you, God. Um, just thank you for keeping us safe thus far, Lord, and just continue to keep us safe throughout this pandemic that's going on, God, and just help us to have your peace about the situation that's going on. In Jesus' name. Tommy and Ethan coming on out and taking their time during the pandemic to come and do worship with us. I'm going to adjust this because I didn't act at all about the work. Alright, it's time to go. But uh, we appreciate it, especially with uh, the prayers. We're trying to make sure that we uplift our brothers and sisters, those who are, uh, you know, shut in right now during this time. Tommy's running home. He's got kids to take care of. He's got like 37 at the crib. A lot of kids to take care of. Megan, he's coming. 
He's coming. <laughs> we appreciate it. But um, I think uh, we want to make sure that we honor the seriousness of the situation. And that's why we, uh, you know, a lot of people ask why the people shut down the church. As I said, you know, we can still have church. We can still gather even if it's online, if it's not face-to-face. And I'm thankful for the, uh, the online church, the congregation, and everybody that we've been able to connect with over the last couple of weeks. And I think it's really been a place where we are challenged in all of our faith as a whole. Um, to realize who we are in our relationship with Christ. You know, um, a lot of us as pastors, we week to week, we come in here and we, you know, we preach, we teach, we feed off of y'all's energy. And I've been really on this place where I said, God, you know, if I never had to preach again, would I still worship you like I do? Um, Would I still get into the depth of the word? Will I still want to seek and just want to have righteousness in my life? Um, It's the realization that the isolation is going to reveal who we are in ourselves. Um, I think it's just really ironic that when we leave out of our houses, the first thing that we do nowadays is that we put on our mask. We put on a covering to protect ourselves. And I think it can also be kind of like an outward showing of what we do sometimes in our lives when we're out in the public. We put on these masks. We put on the perception of who you want us to be to also protect us from the outside world and other people who are around us. But when you put that mask on, you obviously have to take it off at some point in time. And I believe that during the isolation, just kind of figuratively speaking, you've taken off all these masks and you're at home right now and you're isolated with just yourself and it's just you and God. You don't have the crutch of the church to help you build your relationship as we normally did like week to week. You don't have the service to be able to maybe maybe help you to think that you're justifying your works. It's just you and God and faith right now. And I pray that just as a church that we're, we've taken all the masks off. We're at home right now. God is taking us as we are, that we remember that we have been redeemed. We've been justified. We are right in his standing. But this also means that we dig into a deeper place of relationship. So when we come out of the lonely place, that we are able to continue to minister better and stronger than we did before. I don't want to waste this time. I don't want to, um, you know be on memes and videos and things all day long. I get that. We, we have that time to do so, but I want to make sure that we are investing this time into the kingdom of God. I'm going to do a midweek devotion this week, and it's really going to talk about how Jesus Christ, he would do ministry, and then he would have a time of loneliness with God. And I believe that we are in a place where we have loneliness and a time with God so he can speak to us who our identity is, because we also know during the covid the loneliness, the isolation, it can be daunting because the enemy is also trying to speak to our identity. He's speaking against our character right now. He's speaking against everything that we may he maybe believe in as Christians. When you believe a truth, you will follow that truth. And unfortunately, as we know, as we've been talking about this spiritual warfare that we're in, the enemy, Satan, is trying to steal the identity of who God is in our mindset and trying to shift our character to be able to follow after him. He doesn't want us to believe in God's character, but he wants to deceive us in these moments and times of loneliness at night when we feel as though we're all alone and isolated. He wants us to be pulled away from God so he can be the one that receives the glory and honor, even though he's not worthy of it. 
I believe in the Christian life as Paul is teaching in the book of Ephesians. When we went through chapter 1 all the way through now to chapter 6, we see the transitions from him identifying who God is, how we are redeemed, how Jesus Christ has brought us into a place of a basic standard, how we are to build the church together, how we are to submit to our husbands and wives, and how we are to be good parents in our, in our relationships. He's really helping us to understand the flow of building a vertical relationship with God, but also building a horizontal relationship. I mentioned last week and I talked last week about the truth of the gospel and what your truth is, whatever you may believe, is going to lead your life no matter where you're at. If the truth is the belt which is on your waist and it girds you and it leads you, wherever that truth will take you is where you're going to go. So if the truth is that you believe in, if I invest in this one, two, and three, that you will have some kind of outcome or receive something, you want to be right by that. I tell people all the time, I said, my past life, my truth was that I wanted to get money. I wanted to be famous. I wanted to have a claim. I wanted to be the big man on campus. And that truth led my life down into a path of destruction. But I wanted to be right by everybody who was around me and by everybody who was leading me. When we look at the gospel, I believe that there's flows that happen in the Christian life when we start to talk about our second part of the armor, walking in righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness. It helps us to understand that when we understand the truth of the gospel, then we start to practice and apply the truth of the word. Then we also need to protect our heart, which guides our lives. So our second part of this this week is we're going to be talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And I'm going to read our scripture, and it's going to be a subscripture also. So if you're taking notes, I encourage you guys. Um, the scripture this week is Ephesians 6, 10 through 14, and also 1 John 1, verses 5 through 9. We're going to go ahead and hop into Ephesians 6, 10 through 14 real quick and speak about how we are to live righteous lives with God. It says here in verse 10, it says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. It says, Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to withstand the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle with flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil days and having done all to stand firm stand therefore having fastened your belt of truth and having the breastplate of righteousness Paul starts this off with saying that you have to have truth before you can withstand and be able to hold yourself into a place of accountability to walk in righteousness I mentioned earlier whatever your truth is you're going to want to follow that truth and it also means that you're going to adhere to do whatever you can to be right by that truth in your investments in every aspect of your life. So there are two aspects of righteousness that we're going to speak here about. There's righteousness and being in right standing with God, which we do receive through salvation, that when Jesus Christ took the cross and we believe and we make a confession of faith with our salvation, we are made in right standing with God. It means that the sinful life that we used to live, those trespasses that were against us, we then are not held to the place of accountability with them in receiving the damnation and living in hell. God says, I wipe your slate clean. 
He said, I don't care what you did in your past. I don't care how, how bad you were. I don't care about your mishaps that you may have had. I'm making you right by my blood, and my blood cleanses every aspect of your life in the past. If you submit to me and you receive salvation and you believe by faith alone in your life that I died on the cross for you, we are made in right standing in our horizontal relation. I'm sorry, our vertical relationship with God. But it also means that when we are living out this life with God and we truly believe, he is believing the truth of the gospel. If we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and that God saw the wretchedness of our life and gave his only begotten son for us, it helps us to be able to know that we want to walk in righteousness. I believe when we talk about righteousness, a lot of people, uh, the pastors, we talk about saying, you've got to live in righteousness. You've got to live in right standing with God. You need to do this. And there is a standard that comes along with it. But I believe that there's a flow in the Christian life that when you are revealed to the truth of God and Jesus Christ then is received in your life in salvation, the Holy Spirit then dwells within you and gives you the heart to want to be in right standing with God. I don't want to just talk about righteousness and saying the do's and the don'ts, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. But I want it to be the understanding that righteousness should flow from our lives, from our correct relationship with God. The more I think about the love, the more I think about the grace of God, it makes me want to not adhere to what sin wants me to do. But it makes me want to say, God, I want to be in righteousness with you. I want to walk beside you. I want to hear your voice in the cool of the day. I want to hear you, and I want you to help me guard my life against all unrighteousness. In Ephesians in 6 and 14, Paul is speaking specifically about conforming your life to the will of God. Conforming your life to God's will. It's the understanding that this righteousness, it is rooted in the objective righteousness we have possessed in standing before God through Jesus Christ's work. It's the blood of Christ which makes us right with God through salvation. And the righteousness may flow from that objective reality, but the verse specifically speaks to the practical application applying God's word, applying God's wisdom, applying God's truth to your life. And I want to make the case that when you live a life in God's righteousness and working towards doing what God wants us to do and allowing him to indwell in your life in a personal relationship, it is that righteousness that protects your heart, fear physically and spiritually in every aspect of what you do. Your heart is the most important thing that you have. We talk about it physically and spiritually, and we'll talk about it later on, but I also want to make an acknowledgement that the truth leads to righteousness, which will protect your heart and guide your life. It means that we have to put into practice what God is saying and preaching and teaching. It means that when we open up the word of God, it isn't just saying, hey, I'm going to study the scripture. You can be this great theologian. You can be this great scholar. You can know every single aspect of the word. The Pharisees and Sadducees, they were great about knowing about what the word and the law said, but they did not walk in righteousness because they did not apply the word to their lives. Listen, y'all. We can immerse ourselves every day in the scriptures and in spiritual fellowship, all that you want. But if these things don't transform your life, the way that you live or the way that you practice, it's useless. It's 100% done. It doesn't make a sense or a thing to God. But when God works his truth in your heart, we are called to live it out 24-7. 
There's going to be many people who believe that their life was righteous. But when they go before God and they stand before God, he's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. Matthew 7, it specifically teaches and it preaches about how Jesus Christ said there's going to be many on the day that the Lord comes and say, Lord, Lord, I did these works in your name. I did this in your name. I cast out demons. He's going to say, I did not know you. I didn't understand who you were. You weren't in right standing with me. Church, I, I think this is a great time for us to take rest during this COVID as you are able to. I don't ever want to take for granted the time that we have to be able to take rest and to get into the word. Because I know there are a lot of people out there who are still working. They don't have the luxury of having rest. But as we are able to, as our, we are in our homes with our family and our friends and we're with our kids, allow this to be a time to delve into a deeper relationship. Because you don't have the works of the church to hold you up anymore. You don't have the works of the church to maybe make you feel good about your relationship with God. Many of us, as, as we said, I, I thought about what I do in a week with the church. I said, I'm here for Tuesday for Undefeated. I'm going throughout the week. I'm reaching and preaching and talking to our members. I'm not reaching to our neighbors. I don't have that time to do it now. We, listen, we, we in the house. No, there are no boots on the ground as much as it used to be. I'm thankful that we still get to go and take the time to deliver food. But this is the opportunity for us to look at your life and say, am I covering up a false relationship with God with my works or am I truly in right standing with God with my relationship with him in all aspects of my life? This is when you got to take that mask off. This is when you have to realize who you truly are and where your heart is at and where God is really, truly leading you to be. Because the enemy now has more of an opportunity to attack you because you are in isolation. We talked about this whole series is called Invisible War because we are warring against the enemy and the devil and he wants to try to pull us away. He wants us not to be in right standing with God. But when you have the fullness of the understanding of who God is in your life and the truth of the gospel and how he lives in your life, it will protect you. Paul is saying you need this breastplate of righteousness to protect your heart. It means that it's a standard that God is giving you in his instructions so that you can be benefited and be protected. So when the enemy attacks you, the enemy is like a lion prowling around at any opportunity for you through its lust, through its temptation, through greed, through gossip, through all of these moments. It's through you protecting your heart by living in righteousness and right standing with God. We know that it is in the battle with Satan that he wants to attack the most valuable thing, which is our heart. And when he attacks our heart, he essentially can then move areas of your life. That's why you need this breastplate for it to be right standing and righteousness with God. When we're living out this life with God, when we're living out this walk with Jesus Christ, I believe the deeper you go into your relationship with God, the more that you understand who God is and the truth of what he says about your life and your identity in relationship to him as a son and a daughter and as a brother and a sister to Jesus Christ, you are going to start craving to be in right standing with God. I, I don't want to, I don't say that, you know, people all the time, they say that, um, you know, look at that guy, he's doing so much work for the church. Yeah, I believe that the work that you do for the church is an offshoot of your understanding that God has redeemed you and he then puts a working in your heart to want to help other people. 
No different than when you start to understand and you start to dig into a deeper relationship with God and you understand the truth of what Jesus Christ has done for you, you start to crave to be in right standing with him. When you understand the joy and the love that is given from God, it is putting you into a position in a place that you no longer want to fulfill your previous and past things. The more and more that you do a drug, the more and more you want it, the more and more you want to receive it because more and more of a higher that you get. So in our spiritual relationships, I believe that when you start to delve deeper into a relationship with God, you want and you crave to worship and to fellowship with God. You want to hear more and more about what God is speaking about you and what he says about you because you ultimately realize that God's real righteousness is the greatest thing in life. Matthew 5 and 6, it says, those who hunger and that those who thirst for righteousness will be filled. Many times in life, we hunger and we, we just crave and we want something for, to fulfill a gap in our lives. And what we do is we fill it. We fill that gap up with things of the world. We fill it up with unrighteousness. But ultimately, it will never ever fill that craving in your soul and in your life. That drug will never fulfill that craving in your life. That attention that you're seeking from that boy or the girl, it'll never fulfill the real craving that you have in your life to be in right standing and back in right relationship with God. But it's only through the truth of the gospel, the understanding that Jesus Christ gave himself sacrificially to you, will you ever feel fulfilled in your life. Church, we have a generation of people who are constantly trying to get acclaim and they're constantly trying to get affirmation but we already have the affirmation in God and the work that he has done on the cross for us but I'm fearful that we're still craving other things in life I'm fearful that the enemy is still out there which we know he is and he's fighting us day in and day out every opportunity that he has he wants to try to pull us away so it's a matter of our lives do we truly crave the things of righteousness in God. Are we craving that sinful life? Listen, church, if you have received salvation, you no longer have to live according to the works of the world. You no longer have to be in this place where you feel as though you have to fulfill what the word stands for you, what the, what the world has for you. When you are living for God and you are walking in his righteousness, he helps you to overcome all of these situations. It's a reason that we say the full armor of God isn't physical, tangible things that we put in every single day, but it's a reflection of God's character that we apply to our lives daily. And when you are living in righteousness and right standing and you are pushing away sin and you are pushing away the understanding that you do not have to live in this life anymore. And you are rooted in the understanding that God has, Jesus Christ has made you right by his blood. You are able to overcome the attacks of the enemy day in and day out. Church, I hope and I believe that we go and we delve into a real place of real satisfaction by responding to God's invitation to be in relationship with him. Because there's a lot of people in isolation right now who I believe are probably sick of their sinful life and activities and their natures. I believe when you're in isolation, you have a lot of time to think about all the aspects of your life. I'm that guy every single night. I hold my life to a higher standard of accountability. And every single night, I, I believe, and I, I have these moments where I just think about 
every sinful nature that I have and every sinful thought and things that, that I may struggle with, but I also, at the end of these thoughts and prayers, I affirm myself that I am a child of God and I will, I will continue to walk in his righteousness and that the attacks of the enemy, they do not hold anything on me because I am in right standing with God through the blood of Jesus Christ and my faith keeps me grounded in that. And that's what keeps us moving and motivated day by day. But in the Christian life, we're still going to be attacked. We're still going to have people who are going to be falsely teaching. We're going to have Satan that will physically and mentally come up against us every single day. And Paul reminds us to put on the breastplate of righteousness so we can guard and protect our hearts. So how do we apply this on a day-to-day -day basis? What does it actually look like for us? When we're fighting out this battle against those who speak against God, in the book of uh, 1 John, and I was reading through this, we're going to shift over our second set of scripture here is 1 John 1, 5 through 9. And in this book, it's really referred to that John was actually writing this book to the church of Ephesus, the same church that Paul was writing to in here. Ephesus and other outlining areas and countrymen around there and stuff like that. And it was specifically to fight against this Gnostic teaching, teaching that was going against God's teaching and who Jesus Christ was. These Gnostics, they believed that there was another entity that had created the world and that God and Jesus Christ was against that. So John is teaching to the church of Ephesus and other churches around. He's saying, hey, listen, hold fast to the truth and the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He wanted to remind them. He said, hey, listen. In God, there is only light. There is no darkness. In our lives, we want to live as lights to other people, but we can't do so unless we are walking in the light ourselves. As we are walking in this light, it's the revelation that the light of God will shine upon our lives in the darkest places, in those places where there's pervasive sin, in the places where our identity is being challenged every single day by the enemy. It's in the depth of our sin that God can shine that light and redeem us so we can walk with him in righteousness and in right standing. But it also takes us confessing that sin. So as we see here, I'm going to read through our scripture and I'm going to take a minute to preach through the scripture. And in 1 John chapter 1 and 5, it says this, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. That we say, I'm sorry, this says, if we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. When you have the reality of the truth of the gospel, when you have the reality that God is light and there is no sin within him, we start to desire a life that walks in the light and not in a place that has hidden sin. We want to be like our father. If any of us know, if you have a good mother or father, the more that you see their good works, the more you want to be like them. You want to imitate that. 
It's the understanding that we want to walk in God's righteousness and God's light because we know the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ is better than the lies of the devil. I, I believe it's just in a moment of us saying that if you can taste and see that the Lord is good, if you want to just invest a little bit in God, I believe that little bit of light that he shines upon you will then start to push away that sin in your life, but also guide you to walk towards him. John Keery is saying, walking in the truth of God reveals our sin so that we can confess it and so that we can be cleansed from that sin. I have two points that I want to make here from the scripture. It says that when you live a life in light and righteousness with God, he forgives us of our sins through Christ and he makes us more and more like him. Opposite to that is this, is that when you live a life in darkness, Satan condemns you when you walk in your darkness. Not only are you walking in darkness and sin in a life that's away from God, so you already feel this condemnation from the enemy right now, and you also are not protected because Satan then now has a grip hold upon your heart. He then is able to be able to manipulate your thoughts, your ideas, and, and that evilness that is in your heart and that place of sin in your heart is pumped out through your whole body. When you walk in God's light, even when you sin, even when you make a mistake, his grace will cover that sin if you are willing to be able to speak and confess it and to realize, hey, I made a mistake. And then God also equips you and makes you stronger through his Holy Spirit so you can continue to overcome those sins in your life. But when you choose to walk in unrighteousness and with Satan, when you choose to walk on the other side of the battlefield, he condemns you in your walk. This is when depression in your life manifest tenfold. This is when oppression of the spirit starts to come in. This is when you miss the mark and you make a mistake and you sin. It's this moment that he calls into your character and to question who you truly are as a believer and even as a non-believer. But then what starts to happen is it opens your heart up to willful rebellion against the truth. And this is when you are then opened up to demonic attacks in your life. Listen, I, I'm not that guy that's always like the demons is coming around you. People be like, Satan made me do it. He was infiltrating my heart. Listen, we all have personal accountability. We all have a choice. We all have a moment in life where we have to say that we will and we won't walk with God. But when you give yourself over willfully to sin, you are giving yourself over to Satan having rule in your life. It's a matter of how much do you allow that? Or do we stop in that moment? Because you can always stop and turn and say, God, I've made a mistake. And in this moment, I want and I need to have your redemption. In 1 John 1, 5, and 9, can you do me a big favor, Ethan? Can you grab that post-it thing over there? I'm going to try to show this to the people. In 1 John 1, 5, and 9, it's the understanding that God's truth in Christ has made us right and righteous with God. I didn't... We have a lot of time. I'm not an artist, y'all. Thank you, Ethan. He's still here. Tommy, I believe me. Tell the babies I said hi. This is like a terrible rendering like this. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give an example for you guys real quick. And I'm going to tapestry now. I'm going to tapestry that looks like this. We're going to fix that up like them old school black churches. They got the tapestry that hangs on. All right, I got a little sidetracked. My ADHD just kicked in and stuff. Um, but this is what it says here. In 1 John 5 and 9, it gives us the understanding that the truth of God and Christ we are made righteous in our walk. That means we are right standing with God in our vertical relationship 
with God. But it also is the truth that he makes us holy through Christ and that his spirit can indwell within us so that we then horizontally are able to walk in a closer relationship with God. So I wanted to show you guys an example here real quick. When we talk about our relationship with God, I, know, I feel like a little school kid showing you my poster, like, look what I made. I made this for you guys. This is my, 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 my little poster board, like for my school assignments. But this is what it looks like. When you are in your relationship with God and the cross is the perfect intersection for this, when we are living in right standing with God, there's an intersect when we believe in Jesus Christ and the cross comes in to our equation and we were on this path and we were walking a life. And when we come to Jesus Christ, he helps us to continue to walk this path guided by his truth. The truth is that he came and he died on the cross. And this intersection right here brings us into right standing and right relationship with God. So we are right in his standing. No longer does our sin condemn us. No longer does the, well, the law put us down. But Jesus Christ sees our sin when we confess it and we say we have made a mistake, but he makes us in right standing vertically with God. But then the Holy Spirit here also with our righteousness. The right standing, righteousness with God gives us a vertical relationship. But the Holy Spirit also helps us to walk in righteousness, wanting to do the right things, walking in the fruits of the Spirit, keeping us on the right path when sin may try to misguide us in our lives. So as we, we look at these examples that we have here, as John is teaching, he's saying, hey, listen, in your life and in your relationships, you will be able to overcome the attacks of the enemy when you start to walk in righteousness and you start to crave the good things in life. I say this as this, is that my wife is, she's vegetarian, and I've always said she was vegan. I don't think we could be married if she was vegan, but she's, she's vegetarian, and she eats all the organic stuff in life. Like, um, and then when we got married, this is, we got about seven years in, I didn't want any of that mess. I just wanted like all the junk food. I wanted all the stuff that was going to physically not make me well as I should be. And I remember over these past seven years, the more and more I grow in relationship with her, the more and more I value my life and my body and, and what I am, this, this, this vessel that God has given me. So it has really changed a lot of dietary aspects in my life. So that I start to then crave the fruits and the vegetables and the things that are good for me physically and spiritually in my life as opposed to craving that of the world. I don't eat a lot of fast food as much anymore because I physically don't even want it anymore. Because I've been giving to my body physically the things that it needs to be nurtured so I can grow in a better relationship. So no different than our lives when you start to walk this life out. When you start to give yourself over to God more and more, it's a process to the promise, y'all. Nobody's going to wake up and just be like, I'm Mr. Holy Roll up in here. See me up on the church front row. I got my halo. And ain't going to be everybody. There's a process. There's a stripping away that God has to do. And the process could be quicker. And the process is more to our advantage when we choose to give ourselves over to God fully in the right standing that we want to live with him. To live in right standing means that you must protect your heart, the thing that's going to guide your life. Physically and spiritually, you need to protect your heart. When, when, when you look at this, to, to live righteously means you must protect and guide, let God guide your life. It means you gotta ask yourself, what is my heart? And what's in my heart? 
and why is it so valuable? Biblically, the heart refers to a person's inward moral and spiritual life, including your emotions, your will, your reason. So who has control over your heart? Who has control over your heart now has control over your emotions, your thoughts, every aspect of your life. And I want to make the case that God cares more about your heart than your physical attributes and aspects. We see this in 1 Samuel 16 and 7 when, when Samuel was going to anoint the new king and he saw all of Jesse's sons. And he said, no, none of these guys are it. And he said, I see David. He said, the runny little kids will be watching sheep in the field. My man smell like straight doo-doo. I don't want that boy to be king. And Samuel says, he says he looks at the heart, not the outward. Not the outward physical effects of a person. You can be physically in shape and physically look well. Your works and your deeds can look good on paper. But you can be spiritually dead on the inside. You can put that mask on all you want to cover up and make people and deceive people. To make you feel as though you're in right standing with God. But it's only in your personal relationship that we are made right with God and we are shown right with God. Your works will not save you. But it's your inward heart that helps you. So then it's the thought that what you put into yourself can ultimately corrupt every aspect of yourself. If I give my, myself over to sin and I allow it to be my eyes and I allow it to be my hand and I let it, allow it to continue to infiltrate myself to the point where it gets to my heart, then every aspect of my body is lost to that sin or lost to that teaching. But physically, if you lose your heart, you are dead. There's been cases of people who have been in cardiac arrest, and they've been able to do CPR for them for 20, 30 minutes, however long it may be, and they are able then to come back to life because their heart is still pumping the most vital things to every aspect of their life. You have organs. You have, uh, you have other things in your life you can lose, but if you lose your heart, you ultimately lose everything and you die. There's no coming back from that. So spiritually, what does it look like when you lose your heart? When you give yourself over to sin, when you give yourself over to incorrect relationships, what does it mean? It means you're allowing your whole body and every aspect of who you are to be lost to Satan. Listen, when the enemy attacks, when the enemy comes after you, when the enemy wants to go and destroy you, what do you do? What do you go for? You shoot for the heart. You shoot for the chest. That's what they're going for. That's why the breastplate of righteousness and this breastplate and Roman armor essentially cover the shoulders all the way down. It may even, get, may even go a little bit longer down to protect yourself. It means that all your vital organs, all the vital things that you need to survive are covered. And when you walk in righteousness and when you walk in right standing with God, God says you are in right relationship with me. Vertically, so horizontally, now my spirit can live inside of you and guide your life so that when the enemy attacks you, you can withstand and you can overcome that. You do not have to live this life of sin. You do not have to live in this place of condemnation. The word of God will help you to grow in this right relationship because then you start to reflect God's character and you no longer want to live in that sinful relationship or that sinful life. 
the value in teaching this in 1 John is saying that God is light. And as I start to live in God's light, I then start to reflect that light. I no longer want this darkness to be inside of me. I no longer want to fellowship in the darkness because we can't say that we are living a life of sin and fellowship with Satan and then also say that we live with God. That's the heresy and false teaching. And the world wants you to be okay with saying, I'll be turned up on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but then on Sunday, I still go to the church and do what I need to do. It's more than just saying, I believe in God. It's the truth of the gospel living inside of your life. God said, I don't want lukewarm life. I want you to be fully committed to who I am. And I believe that the Christian church has the greatest attacks against it when its people don't value the truth of the gospel. We're fine with letting the culture of the community overtake our churches. We're fine with living and allowing sin to creep in and the gossip and the backbiting and the murmuring to overtake our lives. Paul is speaking specifically to the church of Ephesus. He's saying, hey, listen, you all have to have this protection or Satan is going to tear the early church apart. It's the character of God that we see being applied in this full armor that we are able to withstand Satan and the enemies. And right now in our individual lives, God is calling us and he's saying, hey, listen, I know you're in that lonely place. I know you may feel like you're in a depth of depression and anxiety. I know you may feel as though nobody's around you, but I am still with you. I am still protecting you. My light still shines upon you, even in the places of darkness. And if you do mess up, if you do miss the mark, and you do sin, if you are a son and a daughter of me, God, my son, Jesus Christ, blood covers your sin, and you are then made right as you were cleansed from all unrighteousness in your life. But we can't fall suit to what the enemy says about our lives. Satan wants to mislead and deceive you. But I believe this is a moment and a time when you allow God's standard to be over your life. I've said this before. A lot of people don't like the standard. A lot of people don't want to live by the standard of God. They believe that the instruction that God gives is hard. They believe that the instruction that God gives is pervasive to the life that they are wanting to live. And I say that if that's the life that you want to live, and I don't truly believe that you believe the truth of the gospel then. Because when you believe the truth of the gospel, it's the power of salvation to save you from the old sinful nature and mindset. And you haven't allowed God's work to truly be manifested in your life. The standard that we have means that we are protective. Many people, they want the blessing of God, but they don't want to live by the standard of God. Many people, they want God's blessing. They want God's protection. They, they want God to guide them, but they are not willing to give themselves over to God's will fully. And when you do so, you're constantly going to be in this struggle. You're constantly going to be in this battle because they are fighting after your heart. You have God fighting for God. God fighting for your heart. And you have Satan fighting for your heart. And a person who is doubly minded will not be able to stand it tells us in Matthew 7, it says, stand firm on the word of God because it'll be a firm foundation to you. If you don't stand firm on that foundation of God, it's like a man who builds his life on sand. And when you build your life on that sand, what'll happen is that when the torrents and when the rains and when the winds and when the attacks come, the house is going to falter and fall over. Because you were doubly minded 
and you never committed yourself truly to God. In every aspect of our lives daily, we need to put on the full armor of God. It means that are we daily looking at every aspect of this full armor and saying, God, am I walking in your truth? Am I walking in the strength of the reality of what Jesus Christ has done for me? Am I, am I allowing his blood to overcome every single situation in my life? The sinful nature that I may have lived in, the condemnation that Satan is coming up against me, am I allowing that blood to cover it so I can walk faithfully and fully in the identity that God has given me? Or am I overtaken by the false teachings of the world? Then, then, am I, am I, if I'm walking in this truth, then am I allowing myself to be in right standing with God by knowing that I am in right standing vertically, but also horizontally? Am I walking every day in every aspect of my life and saying, I want to glorify you more than I do the world? Do we crave to say that every single aspect of our life is giving glorification to God? Or we find with there being pervasive darkness still in our lives, in those dark places. And when we allow that pervasive darkness, it infiltrates our heart, and then it starts to change our character. It changes our emotions. It changes our mindset. It changes what you believe in. It changes everything of your life, and it infiltrates every aspect of your life. So how then do we protect ourselves? How then do we protect our heart? It's nice to say, like, let me put on the breastplate of righteousness and how do I live out this life? It's a very simple understanding that every day of your life is a blessing. Every day that you wake up, you've got to adhere to God's will in your life. Instead of waking up and saying, I'm going to go here, I'm going to do that, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Do we stop and do we say, God, what is your will for my life? What do you want me to do today? God, I know that you have blessed me with this job. You have blessed me with this opportunity to reach people. But am I giving it fully committed to God in every aspect? James says this in his book, chapter 4. He says this in verse 13 through 17. He says, come now, you who say today or tomorrow, we will do such things and go to such town and spend a year here and make a trade or a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little bit of time during the day, then you vanish. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. As it is, you boast of your arrogance and all boasting is evil. But he also says this to end it off and he caps it with this. This is what it means to live in righteousness with God. So whoever knows to do the right thing I'm sorry, whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for he is in sin. It's as plain and as simple as this. Do what's right. It's an old school movie. It just says do the right thing. I tell this to my kids all the time. And I think we, we tell it to our kids all the time. I tell KK all the time. I'll be like, do what you know is right. Why are you doing what's wrong for? You know what is right. You know what is correct. Do it. It's, it's not a matter of us kind of just saying, like, oh, I, I, need to, I need to try harder. No. Trust in God's righteousness that he has given you to give you the power to do what is right. There are going to be times when you are physically and mentally going to have to learn to discipline yourself 
to walk in righteousness. But I guarantee you, it's no different than any other exercise. It's no different than any other disciplines that you have. And when you start to do it, and when you start to put yourself in that position, you start to then crave that righteousness. You start to then crave the right standing. You then start to understand and see the blessing that God gives you when you are in right standing with him. You start to see certain things shift and change in your life around you because God's hand and blessing is upon you when you choose to stand in righteousness and you are overcoming the world and Satan's attacks. You don't want to deal with what the enemy has coming for you. It's inevitable that we're going to have to face that battle. But with God, we don't face it alone. He is constantly with us. Amen. 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 Hey, there's somebody here to say amen with me. Amen. God, listen, I know this was more of an intense lesson. I think a lot of people, they stray away from talking about sin. But when we're talking about the full armor of God and we're talking about what it means to walk in righteousness, the attack of the enemy is going to try to pull your life into a direction when we sin. A lot of people, they don't want to talk about righteousness and right standing because it means that there's a standard that they have to adhere by. And I believe that when we love God, we're going to love him more than the things of the world. The reality of it is, is that we can't live in a relationship with God with pervasive sin. I don't ever want to kind of whitewash it and make it feel as though that the sin that you live in daily is okay. But I do want to give you the understanding that Jesus Christ's blood has redeemed you and he helps us to live in right standing. If you are able and willing to confess that sin and turn away from it, God will help you and be redeemed. Sin simply means in Greek, it means that you missed the mark. Don't let one time missing the mark turn into a lifestyle of living away from God. Allow his righteousness to overcome your life. Amen. Amen. We're going to take our, um, take a minute here. If you guys want to get your communion elements together, I'm sorry, church. I, I sent the email out last night and I posted to our plant page, but I did not do a reminder that we're going to be taking the Lord's Supper today and the elements. Um, but if you want to take a minute to get those together, I'm going to take a second here to distribute this to me and Ethan. Um, we're going to take the, the Lord's Supper while we're here. And I do have a big cup. For the sake of time, I'm going to go ahead and move forward with it so that uh, we don't hold everybody up on the live. But in Luke 22, 19 through 20, and as we've been talking today about how we live in righteousness and right standing with God, the greatest example on somebody who knew God's will is Jesus Christ because he lived in such right standing on earth with God. Um, we know that he is the son of God. He came off of his holy throne to be able to show us the way and how to live. And it's through his teachings on righteousness that we are able to move forward and to navigate the issues and situations in life. Um, I'm going through the book of Matthew right now. and I'm thinking about doing a midweek devotion, um, talking about the Beatitudes and going through the teachings of Jesus Christ. Because I believe it's important for us to daily um, remember how God has given us the word and through the teaching of Jesus Christ to live righteously with in fellowship with him and our brothers and sisters. But it all starts with his blood, which has redeemed us. So as we take a moment here in Luke 22 and 19 and 20, it says that 
Jesus, as he took the bread and he had given thanks for it, he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body, which I have given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. As we break of the body, right? God, we thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for giving all of yourself for us. God, I'm thankful for the righteous life that you lived and the teaching that you gave in John chapter 5 of saying that you crave only to do your Father's will. You crave only to be in right standing with Him. God, I pray today that we as Christians, we choose and we want to live in the same right way, God. But we know that every single day that we face persecution from the enemy. So we remember the body that was broken for us so we could overcome this sin. We remember your body and the sacrifice that you gave for us so that we no longer have to live in a place of darkness and have these type and shadows of sacrifices. God, you gave your son to be the atonement of our sins. Let's take up the bread. Likewise, with the cup, after he had eaten it, saying, this is the cup that is poured out for you. It is a new covenant of my blood. And he said to them, take of the cup. Let's pray before we partake. God, we thank you for your blood, which covers all of our sins. We remember the type and shadows of the sacrifices that had to be brought into the temple. And year after year, the, the blood of the lamb would be slain to cover our individual sins. God, we know that you are the holy, spotless, blemishless lamb. God, we thank you that you sacrificially gave of yourself to cover our sinful nature and our trespasses. God, we know that we're going to make mistakes and we're going to sin, but I'm thankful that you help and you guide us through your Holy Spirit and that your blood covers our sins when we miss the mark. And I pray that it helps us in remembrance of what you've given to us and that motivates us and it helps us to pray to live in right standing because we have the truth and the knowledge of what you've done for us. And how much you love this to shed and sacrifice yourself and give us your blood. Amen. Amen. I appreciate everyone taking the time to get on. Um, if you did not, we um, are starting a weekly Facebook. Um, Facebook. Well, we're starting a weekly um, emailer that's going to be going out. Um, it'll have some devotional information. It'll have information about opportunities for you to continue to help fellowship with us and help our community during the COVID-19 time. Um, but it'll continue every week. It'll be on Wednesday or Thursday. Um, I'll also, we'll share in there the podcast links and the um, YouTube links because all the stuff that we record now is being archived on there. Um, and also, I have links on there. I have a lot of people that message and ask how can they can give. Like I mentioned earlier, we've got this awesome opportunity to... Um, connect with Diop. We're going to be working with them in um, doing the face mask and 30% of your purchase that you make will go towards us if you use our code. But you can also give online by going to our um, our sister church, ResurrectionWV.com um, and then going to the donate button. And then in the donate button and the drop down, you can select Risen City and all those tithes and offerings go directly to the church here as we continue to do work in the community. Um, we want to thank you guys. And if you want to be on that emailer, and stuff like that. Um, uh, just go ahead and drop a comment in the section there. We'll sing um, our doxology and then we will be out of here, guys. And a one, and a two, and a three. Praise God from whom all blessings flow.
Peace be with you. We'll catch you guys next Sunday or midweek. I'll probably do something on my personal Facebook. Um, just catch that on there. We'll see you guys later.